What I want to deal with this morning are the leadership perspectives of how do you build a whole system of support for the cell groups. Yesterday, we primarily focused on what is a cell group, what does it do, and all of those kinds of dynamics. And from the uh, discussions that you have had and interactions, it's clear to me that you're, you're really wrestling with many of the right issues as it comes to thinking about these things. But unless you are very careful about how you provide leadership for the overall system, you will not be as effective in the implementation of these things as you would want to be. There is a, a job description for the cell group coach. Now, here's an important way to think about this. For every three cell group leaders, cell group leader, I'll say Z just for short, okay? For every three cell group leaders, there needs to be a cell group coach. This is very, very important because for cell group leaders to become effective, they need to be cared for themselves. And the cell group coach is the one that provides that kind of care. Now, you'll notice the way I draw, drew this is not as a typical organizational chart. I never draw the chart this way. Why would you suppose we draw it upside down? Because in such a chart, as you probably have realized, the most important people are at the top. And the role of leadership from a biblical standpoint is to go underneath those people and to serve them and hold them up like Moses lifting his hands to pray for the armies of Israel. Now, in a, in a smaller church, the pastor or one of the elders would serve as coach. And as a church begins to grow, the pastor and elders need to raise up others in the church that can do coaching. And the pastors and the elders serve as coaches to those who coach. So this is how it is organized, a church that would have, let me, let me show you another thing, that every leader needs to also have an apprentice leader. So you would visualize that each leader has an apprentice, symbolized by uh, Z sub A. So you can imagine, see, that as you always have an apprentice at every level, so that as new groups get started, the coaching support for those new groups maintains the ratio of one to three. That is a very, very important concept. Now, typically speaking, you start off with a, a leadership cell, and in this leadership cell, it typically is, is led by the, the pastor. This is that training group we talked about yesterday that would give rise to, say, maybe three cell groups. Now, you can see that when these three groups get started, who is the one that is serving as the cell group coach? It is the pastor, probably along with one of the elders helping out. Now, the structure organizationally would look like this, and you always want to make sure that every group that gets started has an apprentice leader. Initially, you may not have a cell group coach that's an apprentice. What those, those cell group coaches are not so much appointed in the position, but they emerge into the position. But the one that would become ultimately the apprentice cell group coach would be one of these cell group leaders that shows effectiveness and is able to multiply other groups. Now this, I would suggest to you the most important role to maintain the health and growth and multiplication of cell groups is the cell group coach. 
And this is the function that is most often neglected in churches trying to develop a cell group ministry. And this is the primary reason, then, why cell groups often move into ineffectiveness. Now, having talked about the organizational side of this equation, I think it will become clear when we look at the job description of the cell group coach that we're not talking about a supervisor, per se. We're talking about a Barnabas, someone who comes alongside to help. Now, let's look at that job description that's listed for you on the notes on page 36. You see there are five major skills that a cell group coach needs to have. The first is to care, and you see the five points under that. Active listening is very critical, so put star by that one. That's very important. And the other kinds, the other activities there are also very critical. The second major skill, we're going to finish today. We really are. The second is to uh, troubleshoot or to solve problems. And so they help the leader think through what are the issues they're dealing with and what are possible solutions to those, those problems. And in particular, the difficult cases that, that the cell group leader cannot figure out are those particular ones that the cell group coach comes alongside to help them figure out what to do. You can see now why it is not necessary the cell group leader be this expert way up here. And the reason is that there's a cell group coach helping to support and encourage. The third major category of activity is to strategize. And so they help them think through how are they doing in the various areas. And you see these are some of the four key points that correspond to the keys for effective uh, cell groups oh, that we talked about earlier. And there's a training function that the coach gets involved with cause, because it's training for these leaders on the job as they're doing the ministry. And in particular, the cell group coach makes sure that the apprentice leaders are getting mobilized and that new groups are being formed. Which of us that are leaders would not want somebody that's like a Barnabas to come alongside us and help us in these kinds of areas? Now, how do you get that type of function to happen? First suggestion is that you do it yourself. Just start... Now, these are extra notes. Put it at the bottom. How do you get... First, do it yourself. Because people will catch it if you model it. And this will not be hard for them to to like this because it is so helpful to leaders to come alongside and, and say, how are you doing? And really care about the person. And to celebrate with them the things that are going well. And help them figure out what are the issues they're wrestling with. And what would be appropriate strategies to get there? See, this is a level of care and support for leaders that typically is not found in the church. Where at least a couple times a month, this coach is interacting with this leader. Not only in a leader's meeting, but also personally and face-to-face. In fact, if I had a choice between a leader's meeting and good coaching that's happening, I'll pick the good coaching anytime. Of course, it's best to have both. But if I had to choose, I would take the far more important, which is the personal care and attention. So first model it yourself. Then look among your cell group leaders that are being effective in their cell group, and they've been effective in in beginning to multiply other groups. Those are the ones that have the potential to become cell group coaches. So it's a... um, Here's how it happens, though, because sometimes it's very difficult to go from the pastor to somebody else that's serving as a coach. So we think of this, this we have, initially we had three, and let's say we got a couple more started, and the pastor is still trying to serve as the coach of those. And uh, that is possible because pastors have more time available than lay people would have time available to care in these functions. Now let's say we've spotted this particular leader 
as a potential coach. How would you get this cell group leader positioned as a coach so that the others would uh, begin to be willing to follow? There are two essential components that need to be in place that, that set the stage for the appointment of somebody as an apprentice cell group coach. The first is that they need to be trusted. How would you facilitate the building of trust relationships? Give this leader an assignment to call to encourage some of the other cell group leaders. As you give this leader assignments to, to provide some care and to solidify relationships, they begin to get trust, to become trusted. There's a relational bond that's built. The second thing that you would do is you would have this leader help you in your leaders' meetings do maybe part of the skill training. Now, we haven't yet talked about the skill training component in leaders' meeting. We will do that later on. But as you have them share components of the training process with you, they will not only be perceived as being trustworthy or trusted, they will also be perceived as being helpful. And the two ingredients of being trusted and helpful are the foundations out of which then a formal uh, appointment to a cell group leader coach apprentice role could happen. So then you might have a structure that looks like this, where the new becomes a cell group coach and the pastor is also still serving as a cell group coach, but now the pastor also serves as a coach to this coach. Dan coaches himself. Now, one of the questions that's probably in your mind is, does this cell group coach continue to be a cell group leader, or does that cell group leader turn over the group to an apprentice and become just exclusively a cell group coach? It all depends. Which, by the way, is the correct answer to any question that gets asked about cell groups. <laughs> so if you want to be an expert and somebody asks you a question about cell groups, just say, it all depends, and you'll look very smart. Now, let me give you a little more helpful answer. It depends upon what the gifts and calling of that person is. We used to say every cell group coach cannot lead a cell group, following the principle that we want people to do one thing and do it well. Having made that rule, we discovered that we made a critical mistake in some cases. Because some people are wonderful trainers of apprentice leaders and use their role as a cell group leader to raise up apprentice leaders and to multiply lots of groups. And so they're not really functioning like a cell group leader. They're really functioning like a trainer of cell group leaders. And so they don't have to work very hard to lead the cell group because they have all their apprentices and other people all mobilized doing it, and all they're doing is orchestrating the training process. So it becomes a laboratory or a training environment where lots of leaders emerge. And I found that there were some people that very strongly functioned in these areas, and it was not wise of us to pull them out of that situation to take away their very strength and contribution they can have to the health and growth of the church. In, in other cases... It, it is, it's better for the leader to uh, just focus on the coaching and do that well. Okay, does that make some degree of sense? That tries to help capsulize some of the learnings that I've had in this area from our experience.